Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Hi, I'm Anna Marie Cox, and welcome to With Friends Like These. Because I consider you a friend, the first thing I need to do before this show starts is give you a content warning. This is an interview with E. Jean Carroll. We talk very explicitly about sexual assault and rape. If that might be hard to listen to, then come back another time. And if it brings up something for you and you want to talk to somebody about it, you should get in touch with RAIN, the Rape, Abuse, Incest National Network. They're on Twitter at R-A-I-N-N, and you can call them. It's the National Sexual Assault Hotline, 800-656-HOPE. Again, that's 800-656-HOPE. This week is a very special show. My guest is E. Jean Carroll. She is the author of the longest-running advice column in America, Ask E. Jean in Elle magazine. And you may have read about her recently. Her book, What Do We Need Men For? A Modest Proposal, is itself a delightful book. I highly recommend it. But it was excerpted before it came out in New York Magazine. And the story that she told was about being raped by Donald Trump. She tells that story again in our conversation. If you didn't already know that that's who she's talking about, you might not realize that's who she's talking about because it is quite unbelievable that that would be who we are talking about. And the tragic, absurd, heartbreaking thing is that that is who we were talking about. It is strange to follow that with the observation that the conversation was also funny and she's incredibly witty. And I think we both enjoyed it very much. I think that speaks to her character more than anything else. So coming right up, E. Jean Carroll. E. Jean, welcome to the show. Thank you, Anna. I am so excited to have you here. I actually enjoyed your book very much, and I understand you have an excerpt to read for us. Yes, we get I do. But first of all, I can't believe you read the book. <laughs> I can't I know, it's a believe throwback. it. It is like <laughs> you know what it's like with podcasting. You're so busy that you don't have time. You maybe read two paragraphs. But you read the book. Unbelievable. I, I did. And I have questions about it even. Um, and we, I do want to get to it because, I mean, what's interesting to me, I will get to your excerpt, but what's interesting to me, and maybe we'll talk further about this, is how little you've been able to talk about your book. I mean, that is <laughs> for good reason in a way, right? Like you have this one big thing that everyone wants to talk about, which we will also talk about. But I feel like the question raised by your book is it goes hand in hand with yes all of your stories that you have to tell. And so, you know, like, I look forward to, to getting into Thanks. it. Thank you. You want the excerpt now? I want the excerpt now. Okay, here we go. E. Jean's road trip rules for entering a motel room. Anna, as you know, I went across the country, only went to towns named after women. 
And when I would arrive in a town named after a woman, I would uh, find a motel close by, and here are the rules for entering a motel. One, hang, do not disturb sign outside motel door. Open windows. Close curtains. Unplug room phones. Unplug room alarm clocks. Unplug lamp and drag to the other side of the bed. Move desk under window. Place large, this is key, large bath towel over desk chair and without touching the back, the seat, or the arms, move the chair across the room to the desk. Then Clorox wipe TV remote. Then Clorox wipe sink faucet handles, shower knobs, toilet flusher handle, light switches, front door handle, closet handles, microwave buttons. Then you wash out the ice container and fill it with water for your dog, in my case, Lewis Carroll. Then you leave a big whopping tip for the housekeeper who must drag everything back where it belongs, right? Now, why the Clorox on it? It is a well-known fact that the sperm count of American men has dropped 50% in the last 40 years. And Anna, I can tell you where the other 50% of the sperm is. By the simple method, I hope everyone's listening, by the simple method of covering the flash on my iPhone with scotch tape, coloring that piece of tape with a blue Sharpie, then putting another piece of tape on top of the blue Sharpie and coloring that purple I can turn my cell phone into a UV light and can see the sperm glowing like Madame Curie's radioactive nail polish. And ladies, this men cover your ears. Ladies, listen to E. Jean, your advice columnist. Never remove your shoes in a motel room. All right? So those are my little rules. Oh, about Anna, about the towel on the desk chair? Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yes. Okay. This is not pleasant for you to listen to, and it's not pleasant for me to tell you about it. But I urge every woman who is traveling to find the biggest towel on offer <laughs> in the bathroom and place it over the desk chair before sitting or even moving the little bugger. Why? I don't need to point out that the desk chair is where the male of the species sits to gallop his antelope. Do I? (laughs) (laughs) I have to tell you, I I am a frequent traveler, as you know. I know you are. And I wish that I had read this long ago. Uh, You are 100% right about all of it. I admit, I now feel retroactively gross about Ah. a lot of the times that I did not take these precautions. (laughs) But I love the towel tip. And I actually think, I'll go further, I'll add a bonus tip, which is that you should bring your own towel, ladies. Like, bring an extra big, like, bath towel (laughs) Number one, like you probably actually you should probably bring two because most motels yeah. don't have adequately sized bath towels. And then you need another bath towel to put on the chair. And I hope yes. everyone knows this isn't in your list, but everyone should know remove that quilt or mattress topper, uh, whatever it is, remove it with tongs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like just whatever, don't touch it. No. <laughs> don't t- just take a UV light. Just do the tapes over your Ooh, phone. No, you no, no. I don't see- even want to know. Oh, you will- know. it's crawling. And it seems to me half the sperm is still alive for some reason. Ah! I, don't, I don't know. How long does sperm live outside the human body? I don't know. Eight hours or something? I mean, it lives, right? It lives. It, it, well, I, it's, well, you know, I think this leads us rather obviously easily into the topic at hand here, which is your book. Um, And speaking of sperm, I guess I can ask you, so what do we need men for? Apparently we can gather the sperm from random motel rooms. 
So, you know, what do we need them for? What do we need men for? Did you find out? Did you get get an answer to the question? I did. But I want to hear, I know you love your husband. I do. And I also know you even like him. (laughs) Most of the time. (laughs) What do you need him for? What do you need him for? Well, you know, it's funny. I mean, he doesn't always listen. listen, So I think I can say this without even having to explain it to him. But even if he does listen, I, I... he knows this. I don't need him. Uh, see? Yes, I know. I, I love him. Yes. I want to be with him. Yes. I I get so much out of it. I yes. get so much emotionally. Um, I get so much both friendship, you know, yes. and, you know, romance. Oh, yeah. But I don't need him. Exactly. That, <laughs> that's the key. We We love men. Mm-hmm. We really love men. Well, if we, we but, should, I should say we, we're being heteronormative here. Yes, there we are. There are plenty of women out there who do not love men, uh, or they love them but not in a romantic way. But you know. we don't, as you said, in this century, we don't need them. Things, we've progressed that quickly. It's been pretty marvelous. I mean— Again, like the only thing is 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 the sperm, right? I mean, yeah. kind of everything else we can do without them. Uh, like, we can clean the roads. You know, that yeah. thing that you go over to work and you talk about that, whatever that bridge is that you cross. What is it that you're uh-huh. constantly talking about that thing, that bridge? <laughs> what is that? What, what, um, you know, we could build that if we if we had to, right? Right, right. And we can we can like there are step stools. You can yeah. use, <laughs> and I'm 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 on the shorter side, so that so when it, it, it he does get things down from high shelves for me, See? but you know, like I I can get a step stool. That's you, fine. That's you know, works. you could get what are they? They're called a reacher. I I know exactly what you're talking about the grabber thing. Yeah, that the they grabber use in, thing. You yeah, just get a the, reacher. A, those actually look kind of fun. Yeah, they so, they are kind of fun. I have one behind. So that's the secret. We love men. We we like men. We just don't need them to run everything. Now, one of the interesting things about your book is that I think almost no one, I can't think of a single example where the people you talk to made that distinction. Like they took your, they took your question. Mm, seriously. Very seriously, and also just didn't make that need versus want distinction. Right. So tell me about these answers that you got. What were you expecting, and what did you get? Well, the 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 most marvelous part of it was that I was going through the the great and glorious center of America: Ohio, Indiana, Missouri, Arkansas. Alabama, Louisiana, and these people have been neglected, as you know, Anna. Uh, they've mm-hmm. been neglected by the major media. So when <laughs> it's sort of unfair, these are little um, screen door towns, dilapidated, forgotten, way off the beaten path, uh, and all named after women like um, Cynthiana, Indiana, and, and you know, Tallulah. Uh, Mississippi, so uh, Louisiana. So when I drove into town in my Prius, which has big blue polka dots all over it, and my dog Lewis Carroll is a big standard poodle, and his hair has dyed electric blue on the top of his head. So all I had to do is pull in and get out of the car, and people came to me to see, you know, who is this? Somebody's here. And then I would spring this question, hey, what do we need men for? And it, they were, it just stunned it because it, 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 uh, it's an amazing question. And uh, particularly the women were stopped and they actually tried to help me because these were mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful people. And um, most, well, as you said, in the, as you saw in the book, the answers are hilarious and they're, and they're wonderful and they're true. And really the discovery is uh, we really like men. I heard some hair raising <laughs> stories, though hair raising stories about what men had done to women, um, and um, uh, so there's you know there's a dark and a light side uh, to the question. Let's go to to that for a little bit because I think in the book you do though you tell 
some dark stories of your own, some right. light stories too, but several dark stories. The you you primarily use the answers you get from women, and I'm just going to be because we I don't think made super clear what the method to your madness was, so I'll say it say it just very clearly. You you went to all these towns in the Midwest named after women, and you literally, like you said, would just get out of your car and start asking right. people, "What do we need men for?" You ask some men, a lot of women, and the answers are the ones you used at least, most of them are on kind of the funnier side. Right. Although, again, what was sort of weird is even when the p- women were being funny or lighthearted with you, they seemed to take your... I'm I'm kind of shocked at how seriously everyone took your question. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they, they wanted to tell you. And... and and again, some of them are kind of lighthearted. There's like, you know, well, we love we love our, right. our men. Um, I think some people, some women were like, well, they run things. Right. Uh, um, the but, farm women were like, hell no, I can work the farm by myself. You know, I can work <laughs> the farm by myself. I don't need him. And then, you know, a farm wife would, would say, but I love my husband. I can't give him up. See, uh, because I would lead the women to believe that we really have to get rid of them. We have to mm-hmm. put them somewhere. And some of the questions were, where should we put the men? So I put them in a in a in a mind, in a frame, where they actually had to think what they needed them for before we get rid of them. Because as you know, Anna Marie, I had a, a plan to get rid of men entirely. <laughs> Just get rid of the buggers. Really. I've had it up to here with them. They're really causing a lot of problems right now. Maybe we should turn to that. That will that will that will <laughs> That's your lead subject. Us, You're brilliant. That will lead on us this. inexorably to the other big topic yeah, at hand. Yeah. I hate to interrupt the flow of our conversation, but we need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I love my third love bras. I have more than one. Uh, I was, you know, gifted uh, set by the company so that I could do these ads, and then I bought more because I genuinely love them. I love them because they fit. They provide half sizes, which I don't think any other company provides. And they're gorgeous. And they even have one that's a racer back that's like designed to, you know, be shown under tank tops. It has a pretty like lace back to it. And it sells out all the time. So if you like that idea, you should go check it out. Why do they fit so well? Well, Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast sizes and shapes in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. They have over 70 sizes. Again, those signature half-cup sizes are a real bonus, as it were, for some of us. And Third Love doesn't create new sizes just by scaling its existing measurements up or down. They fit each cup size on at least 20 different women with different body types and breast shapes to ensure its new styles are comfortable and as beautiful at an I cup as they are at an A cup. For larger sizes, Third Love also adds premium touches to ensure the bra is stronger where you need it, such as wider straps or a more substantial hook and eye closure, while still keeping proportions and silhouettes in mind. Find your fit with Third Love's Fit Finder, order, and try on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. Answer a few simple questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. It is actually fun. Well, yeah, yeah, sure, because you know what? You have to think about the shape of your assets. Um, And there's sort of some funny uh, options as far as what the shape is. Uh, Even if you don't have fun, it is better than some stranger touching your hoo-hahs. Hands down, this is the most comfortable bra you'll own. Straps that won't slip and tagless labels. No itching. Lightweight, super thin memory foam cups mold to your shape and are proprietary to Third Love. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash friends to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash friends. Describe your style in one word. Simple, sophisticated, adventurous. I, of course, am now trying to think of how I would describe my style. I once described it as preppy punk. Now I think I might have gone into like middle-aged bohemian lady. Um, it's sort of a cross between urban, out, not urban outfitters. I've outgrown urban outfitters, anthropology, and something kind of preppy. Anyway, that's me. 
I don't know about you. You should think about what your style is, and then you should call Stitch Fix. Once again, I happen to be wearing an item of Stitch Fix clothing when I'm recording. Once again, I will explain this is not an intentional thing that I do. It's just that when I leave the house, I often am wearing Stitch Fix because I don't often leave the house. And Stitch Fix is how I get clothes that are appropriate for wearing in front of other humans. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service that delivers your favorite clothing, shoes, and accessories directly to you. It has the brands you know and love, plus exclusive styles you won't find anywhere else. After you complete your style profile, in which you do not have to name your style, by the way, you just sort of look at what they offer and check what you like, your expert personal stylist will send you a hand-picked box of items based on your style and preferences. They also have a men's and kids box as well. Two separate boxes, I should add, not, not for both men and kids in one box, but you can get a subscription for your man and a subscription for your child. With no subscription required, pick between automatic shipments or only getting new pieces on demand. Shipping, exchanges, and returns are always free. Plus, the $20 styling fee is automatically applied towards anything you keep from your box. Discover new styles and find unique pieces with Stitch Fix. Get started today at stitchfix.com friends and get an extra 25% off when you keep everything in your box. That's stitchfix.com friends. Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. I want to ask, though, about the relationship between your quest, your proposal, and these stories of violence that you tell in your book. Uh, Well, I couldn't help but be reminded, as you know, you've gone on road trips. It really, um, the day I left was October 5th, 2017, and that was the day that the Jody Kantner and Megan Toohey story about uh, uh, Harvey Weinstein exploded on the front page of the New York Times. And I, as I left and was leaving on the road, I had to keep pulling over, on a, I'm, as I'm sure you did, to, just to read the Twitter. It was just, the, 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 the response was overwhelming. And so not only did I have Harvey Weinstein stories coming at me from everything, I had the women's stories and driving across the country. So I could not help but start to think of what happened to me because I am a member of the silent generation. We do not flap our gums. We put our chins up and we move ahead. And Anna, we do not talk about this shit. We do not talk about it. It's not done. That's how I was raised. You swallow whatever abuse goes on and you move ahead with a smile. So that I was even remembering, I mean, I never forgot it, but that it was being called up. That was a pretty, um, uh, in a way, a wonderful thing to go through and um, uh, startling when I actually made the list, which I called the most hideous men in my life list, and saw that there were 21 guys on it. I'll be honest. um, I'm getting chills right now because I'm thinking about— you know my own responses oh. to the that initial wave right of me too stories because i i don't you may you may be officially a part of the official silent generation right. but i think you're describing how women have been socialized forever Oof. you know i like i think i don't know i don't even remember what the official statistics are of how many women have been sexually assaulted or abused it's too low and so i i've experienced it mm. and it took sort of the same same as you it took these stories yeah that that came out only you know a year ago for me to really talk about and process what happened to me really I yeah. had no—see, I think of you as the Bill Maher star. 
<laughs> I think of you as the woman who, whatever horrible thing was going on in the world, you would say, send me your pictures of your pets. And we, everybody on Twitter would send you pictures of their pets. And you would comment on every single one. Everybody's spirits would be lifted up. Remember those days you would do that? I still do it. I still do it. But, um, I mean, you fact, were doing it during a time when the world was very— Yeah. Yeah. So I had no idea. You, you, you too. Well, me too. Me too. Hashtag me too. I mean, I think that for—I think also that a lot of women have had the experience— that, and I'm, I'm curious your, your, your point of view on this, because my experience with what happened to me was it took me a while to— to really call it assault. Yes. Yes. I thought it was just a kind of weird, funny story. Yes. Uh, hilarious. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. You oh, I told it. And I told planet. it for laughs. Yes. I told it for laughs a dozen, two dozen times. Uh, uh, yeah. See, and how, what, can you remember the moment when you thought, wait a minute, this is not funny. Do you remember? You know, it had to do, I'm, I'm, it had to do with seeing those names that came out again, oh. sort of the, the oh. all the media names that right. came out. Oh, okay. Yes, of course. And yeah. seeing some familiar names, yeah. I'll say. Well, here's the thing. You're a very beautiful woman, and oh. you leave the house. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Neither of those things have to be true to be sexually assaulted. No, but I'm saying you're out there, you're traveling, you're going home, oh, right. and you meet a lot of powerful men, and powerful men take what they want. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. And you know um, what I also realized, and this is something that I think we're going to have to to get to the, the big headline of your book af- after I say this, the thing that really gutted me once I— was able to call what happened to me assault. Good, good. What? He fucking got away with it. What? He got away with it and got away with it for years. Years. Huh. Really? No. Yeah. And that's the thing yeah, see? that guts me. It's the getting away with it. Yes, what happened to me is terrible. What happened to other women, I, I happen to know some some things worse happened yeah. with this particular guy. Damn. But he got away with it and the impunity, the impunity of it, that is the thing that lives as a threat to all women. Yes, yes. Is he still out there? He's out there, yeah. He's not, he's had, he, he had had some consequences, but, you know, um, yeah, uh, he's still out there. <laughs> uh, see, this really, it just, I just, I hate, I would like to just come and pick you up. And we drive no. to his house. And I would like to do, I would like to put something on loudspeakers or something. This is not right. This is not right. This is not, we cannot, we cannot ascend in our careers. We can't have happy lives if these guys are running around loose. It's not And I don't, good. again, I don't think people understand this. I really don't. The, the men don't understand this. The idea that they get away with it, it means that they're a constant threat. It means you or I or any woman is at risk of a sexual assault every fucking minute of the day if men exactly. are around because they can get away with it. Exactly. They exactly. can get away with it. And they get it away with it in subtle ways. If you're in a meeting, they could take your idea or they can tell right. you to hold it down because they're using the sexual power and it just permeates everything in a woman's life because we're not in charge. Yeah. Okay, this gets us to the fucking, the rapist in the White House. Yeah, man. Somebody just came forward today. I mean, she came forward in June 22nd or 23rd. I just now saw it on Twitter. So there was, a, and she looks exactly like everybody else. Yeah. She just has a type. fits it, you know, blonde, beautiful, uh, fresh looking. Um, yes, there's a definite type. And so we, ha- we have to, to get to this. Yeah. So for me, I've talked about how having Trump in the White House is a daily trigger and insult to women. Oh, that, I hadn't even thought of that. You're right. But we push it away. We push that thought away. We do. In fact, you definitely push that thought oh away. Oh, my you've, God. Yeah. You've written that 
you didn't really even start thinking about this no. until you got into the book. You you were, you know, you, like many of us, like a majority of America, did not want him to be president and, no. and objected to that. But But talk about, like, how it came to be that you could kind of open that box in your head and look well, at the Anna, between content. you and me, it was a very, very short episode in my life. Very short. It didn't last very long. And because of my age, I sort of thought it was my fault. Mm. If I hadn't, you know, it was outrageous flirting. Uh, I had run into him. I was going out Bergdorf's 58th Street entrance door. He was coming in. He put up his hand to stop me from going out. I waited. He came in. He said, hey, you're that advice lady. And Anna, I was thrilled he recognized me. Thrilled. This is in 90, probably 96. Um, And he was at top of his real estate game at this point, or supposedly. Yes, you and I know. He had zero money. Right. And hadn't gotten that poor— reporter fired from Forbes for digging in because remember Forbes at that time listed him at 3.5 billion and he didn't have one cent in the bank none zero mm-hmm. it was all anyway he was not only at the top of his game he was well liked in New York he was a figure mm-hmm. he was like a he was like a, you know he's like Jay Gatsby or somebody just walking around and he was uh, engaging with people he would speak to people people would come up to him he was uh, well, you do you remember these? No, you're too too young to remember him in the. 90s. No, I remember. I remember him being a figure of fascination right. Right. It, rather than ridicule. You know, um, that exactly. He he was well. Also, I don't want to get into speculating medically about his mental facilities, <laughs> but um, he was seemed much sharper back then. Uh, he was a qu- more quick witted. Can I ask you a question? Go ahead. I have been dying to ask you this, and it's right in the middle of this. <laughs> do you, who do you think is writing his tweets? Because they're way too succinct. Oh. Well, they say, I mean, Dan Scavino, his social media guy, is supposedly the one who kind of is the architect. I suspect Brad Parscale also See, has a I role. He's knew. the campaign manager. Um, but you know what I also think? And we have to get back to the story, Gene. I'm not oh. going to let you get away uh. with it. Um, But I also think that they are probably pretty much transcribed because they do have that cadence. They do. Of his his voice. Now, let me ask you a second question. All right. Before he became president, do you remember his tweets? They did seem to be, they were kind of um, opinionated, but not as filled with typos, actually. They were. Yeah, this is, I'm. I, was somebody doing his tweets bef- while he was running for president? Because I remember Kellyanne Conway made him put away his phone. Not that I've ever seen a picture of him tweeting in my life. Have you? No. Does that what does that indicate? I think you're you're distracting me, and I'm really not going to let you get away with it. But, but you're um, the expert. I, you're the. I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm an expert, but I do think again. I officially am not speculating about his mental decline. However, Mm. if one were to have a severe mental decline Mm -hmm. in one's late 70s, -hmm. you might see something Uh like the deterioration of his uh, uh, ability to express himself. Uh, yes. So, but we're going to go back. No, so because, I just wanted to get that set because he was at the top of his game. Right. And this is in the midnight. Clever, famous, powerful. Would actually ask you how you're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. if he was interested in the answer, but he would ask. So I was just delighted. This, to, uh, he asked me to help advise him on buying a present. And this, to me, was just, well, what could be better? So we're standing on the ground floor of Bergdorf's, and the handbags are right there. I pointed to them, and he was not having any part of the handbags. We went to the hats. And, you know, he's in the ground floor of Bergdorf's, so um, it's not very crowded. But, you know, a shopper does go by and gawk, and he, you know, nods. He nods to the sales attendants. Like It was like he— uh, 
it's like he owned Bergdorf's. And he did say it to me at the time that he was thinking of buying it or he had thought about buying it, right? (laughs) That was one of the lines of it. (laughs) And so he picks up a fur hat because we go to the hats. And um, I'm like, Bill Maher, I can't stand fur. And I I think you're anti-fur too, right? Uh, Yes, I am. Love animals too much to like fur. Exactly. So, you know, I'm like, dude. No, I didn't say dude, but no woman's going to wear a dead animal on her head. And of course, I hadn't seen all the photographs, which I looked up. Uh, On the Aspen ski slopes, there's a picture of Ivana and Marla Maples confronting each other, both in the same fur hat in different colors. Those circular, horrible hats that you wore in Aspen in the nineties, yeah. the horrible. Anyway, uh, so we twittered back. You know, we chatted back and forth. I admit, I was very flirtatious. He asked me my age. I want to. I almost want to reach through the phone line and shake you right now <laughs> to keep you from saying I admit I was flirtatious because, as I think you know intellectually, that doesn't fucking matter. But See, I continue. don't know if I know that intellectually. All right, we'll continue. We'll we'll, we'll return to it. And if I have to say it to you like a thousand times, it might get boring for listeners, but I will say it because it doesn't fucking matter. So, but I see you don't, you don't, you really don't know if you know that. I don't know if I know it. I can tell you that I accept your point, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. Listen, if I hadn't flirted my brains out, this would not have happened. This would not. I don't know if that's true, Eugene. Uh, Do you remember the story about the uh, the People um, reporter that he did this to? Yeah, he she wasn't flirting with him, and he did the same thing. He has a pattern. He pushed her up against the wall and fondled her and tried to kiss her. And there was a woman who was manning the phones at a charity. I just one of my. Uh, Ask Eugene correspondent sent me this thing. She's sitting next to her. They're all volunteering. He's there. The woman, the socialite, and she didn't tell me her name, got up to go to the room. He followed her into the bathroom and did the same thing, pushed her up against the wall. All right. So I can her. give you some documentary evidence that it does. the fact that you flirted with him, I don't think that means much at all. Okay. I, I think that all that means is that you feel bad. <laughs> That's the only thing that it does. Yeah, you know. Yes, yes it does make. Yes, it make. Yes, it, yes, it makes me feel. Yes, because um, you know what? You should be able. Women should be able to flirt with whoever they goddamn please, and that's not an invitation to be raped. Man, I can't. Are you taping this? Because I gotta listen to this podcast. <laughs> You are free to—I can make you a personal tape if you like. I'll call you. We can leave an audio tape. This is like, all right. So so he asked me my age, and I told him 52. (laughs) Now, I've heard flirtatious remarks in my time, but 52, you know. There you go. Okay, so that was—it was almost immediately after that he said, I know— lingerie, or he could have said underwear, or he could have said panties. He could have said, I forget which word, but up the escalator we go, and there's hardly anybody in the store. So I had gone to Bergdorf's after work. I had a television show on at the time on Roger Ailes' network, America's Mm -hmm. Talking, and Roger Ailes is also on the list. So Mm-hmm. Uh, the show was live. I got off the air at five, so it would take me a while to get to Bergdorf's. And anyway, so it was probably around six thirty, maybe seven. So very few people are in the store, and we walked down to the lingerie department, and nobody was there—not even a sales attendant, which is very unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, very unusual. Uh, but on the counter was um, well, there were two or three little fancy boxes, and there was a see-through, I didn't know what it was until I picked it up, a see-through bodysuit, and it was like a gray lilac color. And he said, go put this on. I said, you put it on. He said, no, really, try this on. I said, no, it goes with your eyes. Again, the flirt, 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 you know. Well, go ahead. I'm like, what I'm doing, Anna, 
is I'm getting off one-liners. It goes with your eyes. I remember saying that because I thought it was one of the funniest lines I've ever said in my life. And Anna, I could not wait to go out to dinner to tell all my friends that I had this hilarious line. It goes with your eyes. You try it on. Um, But he motioned me towards the uh, dressing room. Another unusual thing. You've shopped in Bergdorf. You know the sales attendants really don't. They hover. They tend to hover, And they don't leave those doors open. Yeah, it's true. They don't, you know. um, They're there to help you no matter what you need. You need shoes to try on. They'll run and get, they'll do it. But there was nobody there. So he motioned towards the dressing room. I walked in like an idiot thinking I was going to make him put on this see-through bodysuit over his pants. That's what I'm thinking. And he shut the door behind us and boom, up against the wall. Boom. It was like, boom. I hit my head very hard. Um, And it was shocking. Um, I thought it was, well, I thought it was, I was laughing. Okay. So Mm -hmm. I'm laughing because I think now it's a ridiculous, it was gone, it, I didn't really realize what kind of situation I was in. I didn't understand what was happening. So I laughed, and um, he pushed me up again, and then he put his shoulder against me. And I am wearing a very uh, beautiful um, Donna Karen coat dress. And we know how coat dresses work. It's very simple. Um, I had only a thick pair of tights on under it. And it was a work of a moment for him to get his hand in the front of that, uh, you know, where the skirt opened of the coat dress and pulled down my tights. It was at that point where I realized I was uh, in, a, in a situation that I did not want to be in. I did not, so I fought. And it, I was wearing a pair of bare, I'm, I was a competitive athlete, and I was, uh, at the time I was— Six one in these sturdy shoes I was wearing. So it was, I've often thought on it, does he think that I wanted this to happen? Is that what he, is, is he behaving this way because he thinks that I invited this? But I, I you're going to give me credit for this. I thought, no, I fought. No, he had to know. He had to know, even though, I'm going to confess, even though I was laughing. And so I stomped, and he, you know, got the tights down um, and uh, inserted his uh, penis very briefly. And it hurt to have his hands down there, quite frankly. That does not feel good, as every <laughs> woman knows. That is not a—that is just a—you you, you don't know what's going on. It just feels good. Ugh. Um and uh, and I got out. That was it. I finally got a knee up, and that was it. And I was out and down, and uh, got out on uh, found myself on Fifth Avenue. And that's it. Very brief incident in my life. That's it. And yet I have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I actually do remember the exact moment where I had the reckoning with my assault, now that I think about it. And it is actually, I remember now, because it was in discussing the People magazine reporter experience. I was on air. I was on MSNBC there to talk about this. Oh. And uh, Lawrence O'Donnell, like, read her account. Oh, And what happened to me is real similar. And I just suddenly realized, oh, yeah, what that what happened to me, that 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 counts as sexual assault. No, assault, 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 assault. It it counts. It counts. Totally. It's an attack. And I will tell you, Eugene, I laughed, too. And I don't think Uh, there's any I don't think you have to put any qualifiers on it because it's actually a really natural reaction. Because you know what? As women, we're taught not to express anger. Right? No. So it comes out sideways. Oh, and did you, and I'm sure as a a beautiful woman you are, um, is, have you found that laughing at a man will kill the eroticism of a situation? This particular guy, I have to say, it turned out to be the exact right thing to do. He was, he he melted, as it were. Um, Oh. 
he it, we were also uh, we were outside um it was late at night but we were kind of in a semi yeah. public space so i think i don't know how far things would have gotten but i laughed because it was just so i was so maybe because like you like i i i didn't understand why this was happening i didn't right. feel like i'd done anything to make this happen besides being a woman well, that was your mistake. Yeah, my, that was my crime. So I laughed, and he kind of, uh, that uh, broke the moment or something, and, and he kind of scurried away. Wait a minute. Did you laugh at him, or were you laughing? Was that? I don't, I can't say. Like, honestly, like, I was just laugh. I just, it just struck me in the moment as just absurd oh, that this so was you happening. That, oh, okay. So that is an excellent weapon, and I think— it, it worked with your horrible man. It didn't work with the president. I don't think he heard me. Well, I think, also, I yeah. think that he he's a serial oh, rapist. Yeah. And I also think you were saying, like, uh, I don't know how, you know, uh, how did he—if he thought that I wanted this, and maybe only at the time when I was kicking him did he realize right, I didn't want right. this. It doesn't fucking matter to him if you wanted it or not. No, and I, I agree in fact, with you. I— I, I, I th- I, well, I, don't I agree get with you. I know. I carried absolutely. away the speculation. I, I want to push back on something else that you've said. I'm right. so glad that we've gotten to talk because I've heard Me you too. tell this story and I've heard and I obviously read it in the book. And there were right. times when I did. I like now I, I wanted to reach through the pages or oh, reach through the screen here, and shake I, you a little bit. I'm here. And now I, I can do that. So it doesn't matter if you flirted with him. That I will, again, mm-hmm. put that on a voicemail if you want. Okay. Uh, and the other thing is you you say, and you say in the book, and you said just now, and you've said it in other interviews that you've done, this was just a small event in your life. Right. It is. It didn't take very long. No. Nope. Jesus Christ, Eugene, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It was huge. Somebody mm. raped you. And I'm sorry to say it that bluntly, mm. but... Think about it this way. If I can, if I may think, if I may offer this thought, right. if another woman came to you and told you this story, would you say to her, well, that doesn't sound like a big deal and it didn't take very long and I bet it won't affect you? <laughs> oh, no, I would have been all over that woman. I would have told her to go to the police. I would have gotten her into therapy. I would have asked her to call me. I would have told her she's really you know, this she's not seeing clearly. I, I would not say that to a woman that she's not seeing clearly, but I'd say, let's look at this in a different light, like how you're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to hear it, apparently, because you're minimizing this. And I want to tell you for the sake of other women, like, wait please on don't. It. Wait, let me. Please tell, don't. Oh, hang on. Okay. My minimizing it keeps me happy. Now, At what, what price? <laughs> what are you going to say? It keeps me happy. Now, if I thought about this seriously for 30 seconds, I'd put a gun to my head. It would be a horrible thing for me to say, to think about how serious this is. So I don't think about how serious it is. I mean, I know on a level how serious it is because the man is in the White House. Um, but, you know... If I really sat and thought about it, it would not be good. So I have to say, thinking it's a small few minutes of my life is better for my, uh, uh, you know, for my happiness, I think. Except, if I may point out, (laughs) again, you write in the book, you've said many times that this didn't have a big effect on you. But you also say you didn't yeah. have sex again after no, that. didn't have no sex. So how, So you tell me again, Eugene, if a woman wrote you <laughs> and said, I had this awful sexual experience, and then I just happened to not have sex for many years afterwards, would you, as an advice column, be like, yeah, that, that checks out? Anna, I get so many letters from women who haven't had sex for 20 years. I can't tell you. But would you be Most able to— Most of them to, are would married. You, but, you know, they're like— Well, right. I mean, you know. yes, it, it, there are ups and downs. We all know. <laughs> but if if it, but you make but there's a connection here. Yeah, there's a connection. I, but you, I, you make yeah. the connection. I made the connection. But I also think, yes, I accept that. But— I also think it was luck that I didn't meet somebody where my desire would rise again. I just didn't meet that person. Now, okay, I, so I, yeah. I, I, 
Eugene, I am just, I get to play, I get to play you in this conversation, I guess. I love it. Because I would argue, and this is just a possibility, but I'd like to lay it out there, which is that the reason why you didn't find a man that um, attracted you in that way is because you were not able to be, to feel that way. Yeah, that's You know, we have to be able to access that part of ourselves right. in order to be sexually attracted to someone. Yeah, yeah. I have to be—I had to be open to it. And I think if I may be so bold, huh. it seems to me that, Good you know, point. consciously or not, maybe you weren't. And understand—I want to also emphasize understandably so. And I also yeah, want to yeah. emphasize— um, I don't, I feel like we're friends, and so maybe that's why I feel like I can say this stuff to you, even though we've never actually met. But we are friends. Oh, good. Yeah, no, you can say this stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, because, I mean, I wouldn't want to say this to a stranger. I wouldn't want to say this to every woman that's been through something like this. Every survivor is different. Every survivor Mm. gets to heal in their own way. Mm -hmm. Um. One of the many things that I really respect about you and the way that you handled this is that you told your story in this unorthodox way mm. in a very um, you had there was some comedy in it mm, mm. Um, and you refused to some kind of like be meek about it, which Mm-mm. also I, I love. And I do think we should there are as many ways to be a survivor as there are people as there are survivors. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, because I do consider you someone that I care about, I feel like I, I want to, to both for for you and for the other women that are mm. out there, and other I should say other men too, because mm. talk yeah. about people who minimize oh. what happens to them. Oh, yeah. I I know for a fact I have men in my life who will say that something, you know, bad happened, right. but it didn't ugh, you know. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Not who I am. And that's also if they even say anything. A lot of men probably just just, just put a lid on it and never say anything ever again. They can't say anything. They cannot. They are prevented from saying anything. So we need to support people who say things, Right. right? And I think we also need to be able to, to, to open up the idea that it, it really, it may be possible to have something like this happen to you and it mm. not be a big deal. Like maybe on some yeah. theoretical way that is good. possible. Good, good. I'm glad. But I, I would, I don't think that's the norm. <laughs> no. What I keep thinking about is that you and I have platforms. Right. And there's a responsibility that comes with the platform. Right. To model possibilities. Well, that's interesting that you brought that up because you realize a woman who comes forward can do nothing right. Are you aware of yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Are you aware that I did nothing right? I should not have taken control of my own story. I should not have written a book because God knows I shouldn't earn a living, right? This is what I do every morning is get up and write. Um, I should have gone to the police. I should not have flirted. I should not have come forward when I came forward. Why didn't I come forward before? Why did I come forward? Every every single thing that a woman does who comes forward is wrong in the eyes of many people. See? In the eyes of men, in the eyes of our patriarchal society. Right. But it's also really important. Again, that's why it's, I feel like it's important to model other possibilities is because right. here I am on my platform telling you right. I want to support you in in, right. in in making this a big deal. Yes, I and, agree. Yeah, you do have also, a big like, platform. <laughs> and like for me, like one of the reasons that I've chosen to talk more about what happened to me is because right. – um, it wasn't uh, I because I lived for so long thinking it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I, I can tell. It was that. It really actually was that bad. No, you know, it's probably worse than what you're even saying. Well, and and, and is you know he did not penetrate me. I don't want to get too graphic, but like 
you know, there there wasn't a lot of like gross physical contact. It was just gross overall and it was unwanted and he was a powerful guy and he got away with it. And Anna, will you ever tell us his name? No. No. I Why? won't. Why not? Well, you know what? We were just talking about it. Why not? Yeah. Because I, I won't, if I did it, I wouldn't do it right, right? Uh-huh. See? But see— No, I get it. I get it. I get it. Maybe when you're my age, you will, because you have yeah. nothing to lose. A 75-year-old woman li- has <laughs> nothing to lose. Nothing. So I can do it. You're younger, and you have like a million five hundred thousand uh Twitter followers, et cetera. It would, the impact would be enormous, and nothing you would do would be right. You understand that? Yeah. yeah. And maybe there will be a time, like, not just when I'm older and, and you know, I, I can—it uh, won't matter as much in some way, but maybe there will come a time. Again, if you and I talk about it, if other women are supportive of other women right. if, if and men, again, I don't want to leave them out— um, non-binary people too. Like this right. happens actually more to people who yes. are on the margins yes. than it does you know, to anyone else. So non-binary people definitely have this. Ha- the rape statistics for trans people are just. <sighs> but maybe if we talk about it and right. we talk about the need for telling the stories and we right. support people who tell their stories in an unconventional way right. and we let people know that it's okay to hurt, that it's okay to have a big deal, right. maybe actually I will get to tell my story or I'll feel empowered to tell oh. my story and name names Really? at a, at a closer date than 75, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> well. Maybe there'll be a shift in the culture and I'll be able to do it. Like, And, and I also, uh, I guess I also want to say, like, I do think it's important for women to be able to talk about stuff without naming names. Well, yes, because that's the only way to do it. This is how we yeah. begin the change yeah. the culture of sexual violence. First, we tell the stories. And then when we get a little bit more power, because we haven't gotten it yet, then we can name names. Uh-huh. And here's the fear, right, is that as long as this fucking guy— hmm. Is in the White House. Oh. How are we going to ever, how is any woman really ever going to feel safe telling their story? Uh, mm. How is any, any man, any non, it, anyone who's a cyber survivor of sexual violence, as long as this guy, who's the ultimate got away with it guy, right? He's the ultimate guy who got away with it. Survivors of all stripes are being sent a message. Your experience doesn't matter. We have to make it important. It, yes. it is uh, we that is the uh, that, that is the only thing we can do. We must surge forward and change this culture. And you and I are doing it. We're 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 marching forward. We're onward girls. We're onward and that's the hell that's what we're going to do. Um And I would say yes, you and I are lucky to have platforms to do this, but every woman that either shares her story or supports another woman right. is actually doing mar- is yes. marching forward. Yes, every woman out there, yes. every woman that stands up for another woman, every woman that stands up for herself, every woman that takes the risk of being vulnerable in order to heal. Yes, those people are are changing the culture too. The, yes, and it's changing it's more swiftly than we ever know. You know, it's changing so swiftly we can hardly see it. and uh, That's very exciting. That's very exciting to watch. Um, I'm a little disturbed by the women who attack, women who come forward. Yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, there's going to be a, um, uh, there's going to be people like that in every fight. Right. Um, what did you think of Senator McSally? Um, oh, I think that she's, um she has. She told her story, right? She told her story. She was raped by a superior officer. Yeah. And then she um, went ahead and is, you know, is all for this general who will be, you know, what, the second most powerful military man in America? Well, I think letting her have, have that opinion and kind of just being able to say that that is one opinion. Right. And— is one is maybe a part of letting all survivors have their own way of doing things. Okay, you can. Like, I don't me. want to come down too hard on her because I so I don't know her full story. I don't know what's happening inside of her, right? No, we. I don't. I don't know. But. No, none of us can. Yeah. 
And I want to do whatever I can to allow, again, allow every survivor to tell his, her, Good. their story in whatever way they 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 need to or can. And that's that's all that's where I land with it. Okay, um, that's a good place to land. I will follow yeah. your lead. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right place. No, I that's think, a good no, that's no. where we should be. That's the smart that's the kind and the good and the moral stance to take. And I'm going to take it along with you. I think that's exactly because I get a little I get a little uh discouraged when I, you know, see the the wonderful colonel saying that he splashed his sperm all over her yoga pants, and then, you know, the other senator saying it didn't happen, you know. So, yeah. no, I'm not going to let it get me down, though. I'm going to I'm gonna do the Anna Marie Cox um, <laughs> way forward. Well, let's talk, speaking of moving forward. Yes. I have to start to wrap things up. But there's a question I, I really want to I don't to think ask I can you. go on living without you now. See, this is the oh. thing. I don't, we can't wrap things up. No. This. Well, I'll give you my phone number oh, and my email. You. Great. And we'll, we'll, we'll yes. hang out. We'll okay, talk. Good. We'll send each other pet pictures. It'll be great. Oh thank, oh, thank God. But we don't have to have, you know, hundreds of thousands of other people be a part of that conversation. Okay. But this, this conversation, what I do want to have other people think about is a question I think you've been asked, but I, I want to ask it again, which is that what do you want to happen to Donald Trump? Wow. Nobody's ever asked me that. Um, oh. Anna, I have no expectations because I've lived too long to realize, and I know that to have expectations is to be disappointed. But I would like to see him in jail. That's where I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him in jail, and I'd like to see him being gnawed on by rats. That's exactly <laughs> what I would like to see happen. And I'd like to see him put away. Yeah. What do you? What do you? How, what, what, what would you like to see happen to the president? I think that you've articulated a very vivid <laughs> and uh, warm image there. Okay. I think, I, I, you know— I'm in recovery where we talk a lot about expectations yes. and, and being willing to not have them. Oh, um, good. One saying we have in, in the rooms is expectations are resentments waiting to happen. Yes. Because, yes, if, if you— Oh, that's great. Oh, If I you love have that. a specific outcome in mind, you will likely be disappointed. Yes. But we can talk about desires. Yes. And I want consequences. Yes. You know, whether that's jail, impeachment— being hounded out of New York. Yes. I don't know. It doesn't have to take a, for me, I, I will keep the the actual, you know, consequence. Maybe I, I can be open to different kinds of consequences. But God damn it, that's what we need. It just just yeah. something. Just some some way that he has to pay for it. Some way that he finally doesn't get away with it. I completely, one hundred percent, agree with you. Is that a good place to end, or we don't? You, you, <laughs> yeah, you, I like ending there. Yeah, um, because I agree with you one hundred percent, really. And I love what is that quote that you said? Expectations are resentments waiting to happen. What was it? Yeah, it's oh, from AA. Boy, is that that's so smart. I should it, tell the wisdom. That. Yeah, the wisdom of the 12, 12 steps, my friend. Wow, there's there's a lot there. Oh. I really appreciate you coming on the show. I really appreciate you allowing me to um, hector you and shake you through the phone line. It's the most gentle, sweet-tempered hectoring a woman could <laughs> ever go through. Being hectored by you is like falling into a vat of honey, really. <laughs> Come on. I'm going to tell my husband you said that. Yeah, tell him hello <laughs> for me. <laughs> oh, I yeah, will. He's going to like— Really? She's I will. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. I think we're going to have to have a, a, an excuse to have you back on. Thank you. That is it for this week's show. I want to emphasize once again, there is no one right way to be a survivor. There is no one right way to heal. You can never tell your story and you are still a survivor and you still deserve support. But if you are ready to tell your story or to tell it again and you need support, 
you can call RAIN, the Rape Abuse Incest National Network. Again, that number is 800-656-HOPE. Please take care of yourselves. Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.